Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthi. Hello, Holden. I had some good sleep last night. You have some good sleep last night? I did. I slept like a rock, but as I, as I was just telling you, I'm uh, still very tired. I hate when like you have a couple of good nights of sleep and you're still just exhausted. Yeah. But. Well, regardless just, how regardless of how anybody slept, I'm sure they all slept better than Kevin Feige. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, we've got a great episode for you this week, featuring our reviews of the fourth episode of the third season of The Mandalorian, called The Foundling, as well as John Wick Chapter Four. All right, Holden, let's dive right in. That one movie podcast. But first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Oh boy, Holden, let's dive in. What's our first topic this week? Well, since you hinted at it in the intro, we can start with this. Um, Yeah, so... I. Don't remember, I think it was yesterday. Was it yesterday or yes. the day before? Saturday, March twenty fifth. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was that was just when the report came out or if uh, the arrest happened before. But um, Jonathan Majors, uh, who most of you probably know as Kang in the MCU and uh, whoever's character in Creed is, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Um, but he was arrested for uh, alleged assault of uh his apparently his girlfriend from what i understand uh, sources claim that the victim uh accusing majors is his girlfriend and things got physical uh during an argument uh, his reps had a statement saying he's done nothing wrong we look forward to clearing his name and clearing this up um so yeah i mean it's it is too early to you know obviously feel too strongly about anything aside from you know wishing the victim the you know the best hoping a speedy recovery and stuff we don't we don't know details but i mean if if it's true it is very disappointing i don't know how much you looked into this holden but um it sounds again i do not know jonathan majors personally mm-hmm. yeah i do not know him people have good days and bad days people make mistakes mm-hmm I, I hope there's room for forgiveness and grace and and growing as people. All right. There are consequences for things. Uh, doing research into this, it uh, it does seem like there is a lot of smoke that he may not be the person that he has represented himself as uh, the last month or so. And, you know, ever since, you know, Ant-Man and Creed has come out, um, there's smoke there. Now, again, don't know him at all. I don't know any of these people saying these things about him. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that if you're at Marvel, you are concerned about what is going to come out of the woodwork here. 
maybe it all goes away. I mean, <laughs> the Flash is coming out, so yes. granted, that's a movie that was made. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas the Kang Dynasty Avengers movie has not been made yet, but we will see. I do not think it is outrageous to think that Jonathan Majors might not be in an- another Marvel movie based on what I have read. Yeah, I mean, I did... I. I didn't look into it too deeply, but I did see like a tweet. I, granted, I, I don't know who this user is who said it, but it was someone claiming that like a like a recent big like yeah I don't like star uh, someone someone that I I think they use the word internet darling like a recent internet darling, um you know who's been popular in the last month or so is like not what he seems or whatever and. I mean, you know, it's hard to tell because we don't know who this person is, and but I mean, it's it would be easy to make that connection. If, well, if someone, it's true. well, someone said so. We know who you're talking. This that tweet was from a couple months ago, okay, or a month ago, or whatever. And then someone said that whatever yesterday that is this about Jonathan Majors, and they just said ding, 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 ding. So oh, okay. in reply to that, and there was another person who came out and said stuff too. And they said they have specific information, but they're not going to share that out publicly because they it, they don't want to do that to the victims of people who have uh, allegedly been manipulated or abused mm-hmm. by Jonathan Majors. Which this is just this just stinks because our, I mean, undeniably, the key is a fantastic actor. Yeah, and. Yeah. You know, if this is true, that just stinks because obviously it would be amazing if we lived in a world without abuse. Mm -hmm. All right, number one. And then also just not being able to see him play these roles would be a bummer because he showed a lot of promise as Kang. Um, We'll see what happens. I mean, it's way too early to tell. Mm -hmm. Maybe his name is cleared and this stuff is fabricated but um the more i look into it the more that it's like oh wow this guy maybe is not the guy i thought he was 24 hours ago Um, yeah yeah don't know him personally people have good days bad days um but uh when you are when there's a pattern that's when things get um a little concerning so we'll see (laughs) i did see a funny (laughs) reddit comment that was like in response to it it was like oh and this variant of kang is john boyega (laughs) (laughs) which i thought was funny would be kind of it would be very interesting if john boyega like replaced jonathan majors after getting screwed over by disney in the star wars movies i feel like huge role as kang but he i'd also be like i am not interested yeah yeah um yeah, I mean, obviously this that's gets a bombadil. Um, I but I think, I mean, obviously I want to. I, I the important thing is that the victim is you know, uh, is well and everything, and we want them to have a speedy recovery and hope whatever is you know true comes to light. Yeah, and all that I would say stuff, that so. the victim um, thoughts with them and that the truth comes out because yeah. it would be a shame if that the. the if someone reputation was destroyed and it wasn't even based on what actually happened. Sure. So hopefully uh, justice uh, for, for everyone involved and hopefully, uh, yeah, we can, 
We'll see what happens. I, but I, I just imagine that Marvel is in scrambling <laughs> to figure oh, yeah. out the truth of this and what the heck they're going to do. Well, and speaking of just Marvel, Marvel had kind of an off week this week. Um, well, I guess I, this one seemed more planned, but they also, Marvel apparently fired, I, I, the rumor is that it's fired, but I don't think it's been officially confirmed if it's fired, but they, um, the visual effects executive, Victoria Alonso, has left Disney. Um, no replacement has been named, but um, the I... I was hearing dis like different things about this, but the one the thing I was hearing was that she got like fired because there was a clause in her contract about her not being able to work on like other movies that are outside of Disney, and she did. I think she worked on that Argentina 1985 movie um, that was nominated at the Oscars, um, and she wasn't supposed to. I've heard conflicting things if that's actually what it is, so take that with a hint of salt. But um, yeah, so the visual effects executive for Marvel is is no longer with with Disney. That's the main thing to take away from this. But wow. um, yeah, it's it, it it that and the John. I mean, it just Marvel's having a, a weird week for sure. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know if maybe this is a good thing. Maybe like this is. I mean, vi- the visual effects at Marvel has you know been kind of on the downturn lately that's something we've talked about in their movies and whatnot and i think a lot of people have noticed it and a lot of that is due to crunch and stuff and we don't know who's to blame for that or whatever but maybe a fresh change in leadership could could help change that i don't know yeah we'll see i don't know i don't know anything about that situation Mm -hmm. um i guess if it's in your contract and you violated the contract kind of stinks that it's in your contract but i mean i guess if you signed it yeah uh, if you i don't know well yeah we'll see there i think yeah jonathan major's situation of bombadil don't know enough about the other one so we'll see what happens there um there's a lot of crunch in the visual effects community mm-hmm. seems like <laughs> disney has just exploited the industry so uh yeah we'll we'll see what happens I along don't think those I, lines i i hadn't like really put like <laughs> really thought about how poor a lot of the modern visual effects look too bad until like I saw a clip on Twitter yesterday. I think it was from like the first Iron Man and how good that movie looks like visual effects wise. Like it looks better, I would say, than probably any of the Marvel movies that have come out in the last like year and a half. <laughs> it's it's pretty incredible. So I don't I I think it does do down to crunch and everything. Um plenty of talented people there i just wish they had more time to work on it but yeah uh well any good news holden Jeez. yeah there are uh okay, actually thank in, goodness. In, um another disney related thing we have uh the daniels are going to be directing for star wars skeleton crew they already have holden they have directed an episode at okay. least i wasn't the skeleton sh- crew i wasn't sure if they had already or not yep it's but. done it is completed okay um it seems it it seems kind of unclear exactly how much of it they've done or they will be doing um but they have directed at least one episode which is exciting even if it's just the one uh you know what disney should give them a star wars movie that will never happen yeah right it's about (laughs) that promise them a star wars movie (laughs) they've reached that point Mm -hmm. so they won their oscars like 
Yeah. Di- so, Disney, who owns ABC, already gave them some awards. So, like, you know, just, just come on. Give yeah. them a Star Wars movie. Absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, Daniel's great directors. Obviously, they're, they've got unique vision. Skeleton mm-hmm. Crew sounds like a promising show with the lost kids making their way across the universe. And Jude who, Law is. Yeah, it? Jude I, Law. I was like, who's the actor in it? Jude Law. Um, sounds like it's promising. I'll give it a Brokaw. Yeah, I'll give it a Brokaw as well. Very exciting. Um, and uh, Jimmy, you did call it. <laughs> Other Star Wars news. Uh, Damon Lindelof is no longer writing a Star Wars movie. Oh, wow. Incredible. How I could remember. I have predicted? That might have been last week that we talked about it, too. Um, but yeah, Damon Lindelof is no longer working on his Star Wars movie as we keep hearing more and more Star Wars movies that are being dropped. But this Star Wars movie is still in the works, and it sounds like it's going to be one of the first ones actually released. Um, Apparently, new writer details are going to be announced at the Star Wars Celebration coming up in April. And production production on this movie is starting in February, and the release date is in December of 2025. So it is a ways away, but we actually have a timeline for this kind of mysterious Star Wars movie. Why did he leave then? I don't know. it's like... Maybe it's bad. I don't know. But then why are they making it? Yeah. I, I don't maybe, know. You know what they should do bad. is they should just not do anything until someone's like, hey, I'm Christopher Nolan and I have an idea for a Star Wars movie. And they should be <laughs> great rather than, hey, you famous person, here's $50 million write a Star Wars movie. Tarantino doesn't want to make a Star Trek movie. Let him make a Star Wars movie. <laughs> there we go. Um. Because that's what Disney wants, Quentin Tarantino associated with their brand. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I am such at a place of I'll believe it when the movie <laughs> is like when I'm at the movie theater. And the- I'll believe it when any of these actually come out. Like yeah. <laughs> Any of these could be canceled at any time. And we've seen it. There were like six in development at once. Now there's like two. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just uh, will like watching stuff on Disney Plus until movies come out. I guess <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, Bergeron. Uh, yeah, I will also give it a Bergeron. Uh, Jimmy, something that I am kind of mixed on is hearing that, and although I'm not too surprised, is that Oppenheimer is going to be three hours long. Makes sense. Yeah, it's I, I be mean, a very long, sad uh contemplative three hours yeah i'm not i'm not too thrilled just because i'm i'm worried it won't be the most engaging movie but at the same time it is christopher nolan and it is you know going to be at least visually interesting i'm sure it that makes it his longest movie if it's three hours wow longer than interstellar which was the previous holder um, obviously there could be some like slight edits here and there cut out a little bit add a little bit so that that timeline could change a little bit but i think regardless it's still gonna end up longer as his longest movie so yeah christopher nolan you know what i think this is the one for christopher nolan i think this is gonna be his oscar, this is the oscar movie yep i think he's gonna win it i think that trailer that was playing before john wick uh i thought that was oh. a really good trailer yeah, I I actually forgot to write it down. Should we talk about that real quick? Like, what will you remember? No, I I don't think so. I think we can. I mean, just briefly. I just think it, I, I I was, it was an intense trailer. Like I was getting caught up in the trailer. It is one of the better mo- movie trailers I've seen. Hmm. Um, 
And I was caught up in the intensity of it. And then Holden leans over. He's like, can't wait for it to go black and white after the bomb goes off. I'm like, okay, Holden. <laughs> Took me out of the moment. <laughs> That's but, all I can uh, think the whole time is I'm like, well, obviously it's just going to be black and white. It, it's probably going to do like time jumps in between is my guess, nonlinear. And it's like every time it's black and white means it's post the bomb. Wait, are you off. telling me that Christopher Nolan is going to have some sort of weird time structure <laughs> in his movie? Because I don't Could, buy that for a second. Holden. Yeah. Who would have thought that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, It's like maybe the whole movie is going to be going like the bomb is going to be going out off throughout the movie, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like intercut. It's like the intercut with the different stages of the explosion. Mm -hmm. And it's all this, uh, you know, uh, amorphous art, you know, Mm -hmm. abstract painting-esque. Very, yeah very abstract very methodical like transitions between scenes yeah yeah so i'm sitting over here thinking man that's got to be so like imagine being oppenheimer like the weight of that and feeling like you have to do this even though you're creating this ultimate weapon and you're changing the course of human history and holden's over there thinking golly man this is gonna be black and white Ooh. <laughs> I'm not like complaining. I'm just being more cynical about that. That's like obviously what it's gonna do. I just like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, it's a yeah. No, I don't know. World. I mean, the trailer was good, but I guess I didn't just get caught up in it. Like I, did. I think that movie's gonna be really good. Like I, I, I think uh, Killian Murphy's gonna be up for an Oscar. I think Nolan's gonna be up for a directing Oscar, and I, I just think this is uh that was a really good trailer. I think this is it. I think the Oppenheimer, just the idea of this guy is fascinating. And I think Christopher Nolan's going to deliver. Um, I think it, I think it's going to be good, but I'm also not convinced that it's... I, I, I feel like it's going to flop at the box office or just not do very well. Because it does have Nolan's name attached, but it's also just a three-hour-long movie about the guy who made the atomic bomb. It's going to do all right. It's not going to do uh, just bonanza crazy numbers but it, it'll it be fine okay it'll yeah. break i don't think it's gonna flop but it's not break gonna even it'll break even okay i don't know what the budget on this is but well how much does it <laughs> how much does it cost to build a bomb well <laughs> we decided that it was actually cheaper to use an actual atomic bomb than to do it in cgi <laughs> Maybe he's like, well, we couldn't afford to remake the Enola Gay airplane, so we just used the one from Tenet. <laughs> just 747. That's just the other... Written the Enola other. Gay written in Sharpie on the side. That's the other thing, is I feel like, even though I am excited for it, if Tenet had been better, I would be more excited for this. Yeah, but... Look, yeah. in the trailer, I could tell what people were saying. So that's that's a good start. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hopefully the sound design isn't just hot hogwash this time. Hot hogwash. Hot hot wash. Hot wash. Um, anyway, uh, it's a broke-off for me. Did, yeah. What are we uh, even talking yeah. about? <laughs> just Oppenheimer being three hours. We Oppenheimer's three hours long. Broke. It's going to be good, Olden. I'll give it a Brokaw, too. Why not? Because we've never seen a a good nearly three-hour movie recently. No. <laughs> never. <laughs> um, anyway, Jimmy, uh, Jordan Peele's next movie is apparently coming out on Christmas Day 2024. 
Uh, we don't have any plot details or a name currently, uh, but this does mean it's coming out the same day as Avatar 3. And also Sonic 3 is coming out around that time, too. So it's not going to come out Christmas Day 2024. No, absolutely not. <laughs> this is getting <laughs> delayed. Maybe, I mean, maybe moved up depending on how production's doing. But there's no way it's coming out Christmas October. Day. October seems like a good Jordan Peele month. Yeah, if he's doing another horror-related movie. Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, this... <laughs> why would you... I don't understand, like, why they would announce this and, like, look at the release date and be like, you know what? That's smart. Let's put it up against the, you know, a sequel to two of the highest-grossing movies of all time. That seems smart. Especially after Nope underperformed. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't even think Nope had, like, that much competition at the time. Yeah. Maybe Thor, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Seems silly. I also feel bad. I feel like Sonic 3 is also going to move. I feel like just everything has to be like clear out of that that time period if they want to make money. <laughs> Except Damien Chazelle's new movie. Yes, yeah. That's coming out there. Absolutely should come out the same day as Avatar 3. Yep. <laughs> and Margot Robbie's next movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a Barbie back to then. That's a Bombadil. That's not happening. They just lied to us. <laughs> they did not double check the release window and they just said that and then they're going to have to change it. Yeah. I but they won't do it yet. They're going to wait a while and then change it. <laughs> yeah. That way they don't, it doesn't seem like they made a mistake. <laughs> like they're going to be like, oh yeah, no, this is what we intended. But unless Avatar it. 3 gets moved, which is possible. I mean, that is possible. Maybe they'll wait and see if that happens. Because, I mean, Lord knows we haven't ha- seen Avatar delays before. <laughs> like, <laughs> It'd be nice to see an Avatar during the summer. You know, mm-hmm. Push that maybe back six months. Maybe that's what they're just doing. They're just like, we bet Avatar's going to get delayed. They literally had a wager in the boardroom of where Warner Bros. or whatever makes Jordan Peele's movies. And they're like, uh, is it the Warner Bros. Lions? I don't know. I don't remember. And they're just like, how much you bet Avatar is moving? I bet it is moving. So I say the release state's there. And they <laughs> giving each other like 1% of the profits of the movie or something. <laughs> uh, Yeah, Bombadil. Yeah, I will also give it a Bombadil. Uh, Jimmy, have you seen Vertigo? I have not. It's on okay. my list. Well, apparently they're making a re- – Paramount's are getting a remake of Vertigo. <laughs> Which just seems bizarre. I don't know. Vertigo seems like one of those movies that you just don't ever need to remake because it's like so universally loved. Um, but Robert Downey Jr. is being looked at to star as the Jimmy Stewart role in that movie. Uh, and the Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight is going to be writing it, apparently. Well, have you seen Peaky Blinders? I have or? not. I've never peeked through the blinders. I usually just open them. Yes. Um, apparently that show's good. but Yeah, apparently it, it is I heard Oppenheimer's in it. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's, he's got a bomb. He, so that's not very fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never seen it, so I don't know if there's any room for modernization. It does seem weird that you would take an Alfred Hitchcock classic and remake it. Did they remake Psycho or is that a sequel? Yeah, they remade Psycho. Well, they have like, I think there's like four Psycho like movies. There's well, like there's two Psychos right here, Holden. Yeah, there sure are. Uh, but then they remade it in the 90s where Vince Vaughn is the is the guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, and that was another case of most people. I don't even know if the mov- that movie was supposed to be any good, but 
people at the time were like, why the heck are you remaking this? And I think that movie was like shot for shot too. So it was like, what's the point? Yeah, I, I'm questioning this one, so I'm going to go Bergeron. Uh, I have not seen some of the cl- some classic Hitchcock movies like The Birds or... Um, I have seen uh, The Birds. The other big- I, I guess I haven't seen Psycho. <laughs> this is the other big one I haven't seen. Um, but out of the ones I have seen, Vertigo is my favorite. Um, it's really great. It's such... Rear like- Window? I haven't seen that Rear either. Win- I, I just I like the- these are all on HBO, right? They're either they're on that and I think they're like split between that and Peacock. I don't know. Well, you can watch some of them. You need to sit down and watch some of these. But yeah, Vertigo. I the less you know going into it, it's the better. Like I mean, obviously I had heard the name the first time I watched it, but it takes it takes so many turns. Like I just was not expecting <laughs> this movie went, and I think that's part of the appeal. So we'll see. Well, I don't so know. Robert it doesn't. Well, so does Psycho. Except everybody knows. Yeah, everyone knows. Well, that's the weird thing is like Vertigo is is famous, but like I feel like the like the twists in it are not well known. Like if like I feel, do you know anything that happens? No, I don't. I don't know anything. Whereas it's like Psycho, it's like everybody knows. (laughs) It's like you can't escape like the shower sequence and the Mm -hmm. and just the whole one eighty that that movie takes. Which I guess I won't say just in case you don't know it. But yeah, yeah, Um, but. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr., obviously great actor, so, I mean, it'd be fun to see him in a movie like this, but I just, yeah, I'm like you. I question the need for a remake of this, so I think I'll give it a brochure on. Nice. Um, and then, Jimmy, I think that's actually it. Um, I don't think there was really any gaming news this week that Didn't stood out to Didn't see any myself, so. Uh, so, I think, I think we're good. I think we're good too. Let's talk about The Mandalorian season 3, episode 4, chapter yep. 20, whatever you want to call it, the f- the uh, foundling. All right, uh The Mandalorian season 3, episode 4, The Foundling. Full spoilers like usual for these. Um skip ahead if you haven't watched this episode yet. Time codes um, in the description, of course. Yep. Um, this is like, is this the shortest episode of The Mandalorian in total? I think so. It's it's like 27 minutes or something like that, not counting credits. Um, I Okay, I am at the point where I do not understand what this season is doing. <laughs> I'm like, I the last, last episode, the previous episode, I liked quite a bit. And then I was like, okay, this is kind of getting interesting a bit. And then I, it's just right back to meandering for me. And it's like a short episode too. I'm like, what? It just feels like we're treading water right now. And I hate to use the term filler, but I think this is kind of a filler episode because I just don't think much is accomplished here. Um, no. And I think that was the same. This is the, goes back to the exact same critiques we had of season two mm-hmm. last year. It was like, what, what are we doing? What are we building to? And I don't know. I feel like it's even less than that because it's like I don't even know what the goal is. Like I don't know what is what is the like he accomplished his goal. Like to Grogu is going to become a Mandalorian. I guess. Yeah. I don't know what the goal. The goal of the Doctor is he wants to do the cloning thing again. We don't even know the goal of the officer lady who did the turn on the Doctor. Yeah, that, that yeah. story doesn't come back at all here, which I thought was We get to see the bizarre. mountaintop. 
<laughs> that was in the episode. Did you catch that? The what? The the part where it's like, oh, this is the one part of Coruscant's surface that you can see. Oh and no, I didn't. I didn't catch that. Yeah, during the little Ahmed best flashback. Scene, yeah, which uh, thanks IGN for he- putting a huge YouTube poster thing like oh Ahmed Best is in today's Mandalorian episode the day the episode came out before I saw it screw you IGN what the heck I also had it spoiled for me but I would not have known who it was if I just saw him like I don't know what Ahmed Best looks like uh, normally Um, so I it it did IGN might have been the one that spoiled it for me too that is so stupid why would you do that it is stupid, but yeah. Um, context. I mean, the the flashback scene that Grogu has in the episode, uh, the the Jedi that ends up helping him is played by Ahmed Best, who is best known for playing Jar Jar Binks in the prequel movies, and also in the cartoons. I th- I'm pretty sure he's always Jar Jar Binks. Um, uh, which, you know, credit to the man for his dedication because I would have dropped that role immediately with how with the reaction he got following Phantom Menace I like he got essentially his he got his career like bullied into the ground which kind of sucks so I dedicated to the role though I guess good for him Um, but here we have him playing a different different Star Wars character I can't remember the character's name um but he was pretty good. I liked him a lot in the episode. Probably the best part. The best part? Huh? Oh, ha, ha, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw it. was like, you read it. It was like, if you don't enjoy him at his Ahmed worst, you can't appreciate him at his Ahmed best. Or you don't <laughs> deserve him at his Ahmed best. Uh, look, it felt very much like, I don't know if you're familiar with the meme, Glup Crapo. Only it's not crap. It's yeah. the concept that Star Wars, it's just like any time there's a cameo in Star Wars or a minor character appears or Luke Skywalker came and saved the day at the end of season two of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. That's a concept known as, oh, look, there's Glup Crapo. Only it's yeah, well, it's like, it's like the R5 thing, like two episodes ago. Yeah. Like what, like this <laughs> incredibly nothing droid from the original trilogy. Like, oh, there he is. Uh, to me, it felt like that, but look, I, I feel like the episode should have just showed us the rest of that Mm storyline and instead they're drawing it out even more. It's not like the episode didn't have time for it. Like it's literally 27 minutes. You could have just made the episode a little longer. And look, maybe it's going to be more thematically resonant in a future episode, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, look, it. I again, I I will judge it when the season's over. I I felt I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because I felt so less annoyed by it upon the second time through the series mm-hmm. with the first and second season, where I was very bothered by the first time. So we'll see. I give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it it, it isn't good and it doesn't work out and. It was right to criticism, criticize them all along. But uh, I don't know. Again, I have just stopped taking this series super seriously and and dissecting everything and being like that. And instead of just like, okay, well, that it's a dragon thing now. And it took yeah. a kid. I don't know. That was... I don't know. It, it just... This season seems to be very meandering, like you said. But we'll see what happens. I'm... 
I have a few notes that I want to go over. I just got to open my phone here. Well, I just want to mention, I like you mentioned the dragon. I am getting tired of them just going off and killing a random monster. Like it's so like they do it all the time in this show. And like, yeah, it can be cool. Occasionally there are cool fights, but we've only we've already done it twice this season. Uh, at least maybe I'm even forgetting another but like every season has it like three or four times it feels like and it's always just an episode where it's like he's just like trying to get a thing like to kind of further the plot but here it's even less so because it doesn't further anything it's just it it doesn't do anything for like anyone I guess it like kind of furthers Bo-Katan a bit but i also like like you said i don't know what they're trying to do with her well there's a little bit of lore explaining of like in her acclimating to this culture of like oh you get to eat by the fire because you're the captain of this mission and yeah how do what do the mandalorians do when they eat together um i like that explanation because you know it's something i've i've kind of always wondered too it didn't make sense but i guess the way they present it does make sense yeah um you said the Ahmed Best was the best scene. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I, I liked so. the training at the beginning with Grogu doing his little That was <laughs> good. Yeah. The yeah. dart training just does his little flippity flips and then shoots him three times. Also, I didn't know you could shoot him three times consecutively because if he could, why did that other kid just not do that? But, I didn't. Yeah, the rules of that didn't make any sense to me. I thought that same thing too. Like he dodged and then... The guy, the kid sh- tried to shoot him, so a shot was fired. But then Grogu just shoots three times and gets him. So I don't know. Yeah, but unclear. Was, but it was cute. It was cute. Grogu continues to be just really cute. Also, baby, baby Yoda, like newborn Yoda, mm-hmm. <laughs> is so adorable. In yeah, those he, flashbacks. He was, was really cute. <laughs> just absolutely adorable. Um. Love how just the Jedi Order cares more about Baby Yoda than all the other younglings, <laughs> apparently. They're like, we got to get this one kid out alive. They just know how powerful Master Yoda is, so they're like, oh, well, maybe this one will be the same. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know, yeah, whatever. But they, they get him out of there. The clones are really determined to kill all the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, chasing after them. The Republic gunships. Yeah, like so that was that was fun. Um, again, who is Ahmed best character? Why does he care so much about Baby Yoda? What happens to Baby Yoda after that? Will we even get those answers this season? Who knows? God, I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I I feel like them bringing it up here. It's they just I don't know. And they they are. I am. I mentioned it either last episode or the episode before, but I am like ninety-five percent sure that he that Grogu is going to talk by the end of the season. They keep hammering that idea in. Okay, um, especially with the the bit where where it's like, oh, he can't speak the creed or whatever because he can't talk yet. Like they keep mentioning his ability to not talk or like. So I'm, I'd almost be willing to bet money on this. Let's what see. if he goes? Mm. <laughs> Daddy. Uh, <laughs> um. Look, uh, we can talk about the the dragon thing, which it's 
it's just a dragon. They couldn't they couldn't <laughs> do better than just a dragon. I mean, technically, it's a wyvern esque. No, space yeah, space. I guess you're right. It is a wyvern because <laughs> um, it only has two legs instead of the four. But it it's a dragon. They couldn't have made it like a weird thing with like six wings or something. I mean, I don't know. I felt like they could have done a little bit more creative there yeah make it look a little cooler than just a pretty generic dragon looking creature it takes the kid the one kid who's just annoying Mm -hmm. who we found out is the son of the is it uh it's the big guy yeah is that uh played by um john favreau the big guy or no i have no idea i don't know i it whatever he gets taken the little twerp so they chase after them, and then they like run out of jetpack fuel in the middle of nowhere. But then the next scene, they're just back at the camp. I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> you guys are like far away. Yeah, like that would have taken you all day to get back, if not more. And like, what other creatures and stuff are on the way? <laughs> and if they're like, well, they always get away. Then why did you chase after it in the first place? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um. What's up with it, a, a big animals just taking things back to their lair and like not eating them instantaneously too? It is. It, it was kind of silly that they didn't think about you know like like Bo-Katan obviously immediately thought about taking her ship. Like why wouldn't you just do that immediately? Like obviously your jetpacks, like as you said, they're not gonna hold up. It's proven they won't. So yeah, I don't know. I don't Stupid. Know. Just take the ship. Yeah. Uh then they go and they have to like sneak up on it and they are rock climbing and whatever and turns out the it's like a <laughs> bird dragon it wants to regurgitate regurgitate it up to its for its babies mm-hmm. the little kid i feel like you gotta chew like what's the point of regurgitating it if it's still just the whole kid like don't you yeah you chew it up none and that's of it's the reason yeah. why right yeah, because that's that's how birds do it. Like they'll they chew it up to make it easier for the babies and stuff, and maybe digest it a bit. But yeah, then but if it's just the whole kid, like it's not going to help the babies at all. No. Yeah, I don't. So that didn't make any sense. Um, I like. <laughs> I did think when they like just killed the dragon, I was like, just those babies are screwed. Then. So I'm glad they went back for the the baby dragon things. Yeah. Which are going to help them take down the mythosaur, I guess. Yeah. Now why do they it, why do they need to take down the mythosaur? It's like the three dragons that that uh from from uh Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. There you go. <laughs> Grogu's just Daenerys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know like I don't get the point of killing the mythosaur really and i that's obviously what they're gonna that i feel like that's what the whole season is gonna build to and who cares like they have not provided any reason for me to care about them trying to kill the mythosaur like well maybe that's coming maybe it's like okay the mythosaur is gonna be the i boy they're not gonna slay the mythosaur right it's gonna be used for something i think more so because they've killed too many just wild animals you know, well, yeah, I feel like exactly it's they are due to, do they are due for like a wild like to use the wild animals to help them, mm-hmm. and so maybe you got, you know, Moff Gideon's back and he's going after Grogu and they got to save Grogu and Grogu's you know on certain sort of ship or base and he's breaking out himself going through stormtroopers doing the fun Grogu things with his Mandalorian training. 
can't wait for Chekhov's Mandalorian chest plate thing <laughs> to come into play <laughs> where he gets like shot in the chest or something. We're like, oh no, Groku's dead. Oh wait, it hit his. It's it's like the it's like in weird when 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 he gets shot in the in the records, the platinum albums or whatever. <laughs> That's right, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that maybe it's like that, and then they're like, "Oh, our ships are destroyed," and they're like, "Well, I, we got dragons, and we've got a mythosaur," <laughs> and so and then then uh, Boba Fett comes in on his rancor again. Oh yeah, good good stuff. Yeah, and then and then uh, you know Ahsoka and Luke Skywalker come and everybody's like, oh my gosh! And then Mace Windu comes and <laughs> Obi Wan's like, hello there. <laughs> they just zoom in through Ahmed Best and Grogu just zooming through Coruscant. Mace Windu's body just right off like one of their their speeder. Oh my gosh! Um. Bring the bring the Force Ghosts into it. We just got we get all Yoda, Anakin, and Obi Wan just helping out. Just they'll just you know call lightning like Yoda does in Episode Eight or whatever. Cassiander, zombie, <laughs> ash, ashes, just ashes. The, the Mace Windu has a box of Cassian Andor's ashes. <laughs> um, Grogu, we do not grant you the rank of master. Um. Yeah. Uh, you think Yoda, Force Ghost Yoda and Grogu are going to have a scene? I don't know. I mean, for it, it, like, in terms of fan service, I feel like it will happen. But, like, in terms of story, what would be the purpose? Because we have His no reason daddy. to. Be- we don't, well, we don't have any reason to believe that they are related. Are we getting the- Yoda? What? Is that going to happen? Do you think we're getting Yoda? Because, I mean, Yoda's on Coruscant. He crawls through that thing. He's like. Failed, I have, you know, to what's his, um, I don't think so. What's the politician guy's name from, uh, Alderaan? Oh, um, uh, Bail Organa. Uh, Bail Organa. Um, I mean, could happen, right? It could. I don't think it will. My son, okay, you are worried about you. I was, Mm. Yoda's already decided to run away for, like, no reason. <laughs> Even though he was winning against that fight against the Emperor. Okay. We're going <laughs> to talk about winning fights, Mace Windu, man. He had that thing in the bag. He did. He did. He just he didn't need the backswing. It's a lightsaber. You can just, just lean that sucker forward. Yeah. Stick him with the pointy end. They already have vague, like, vague amounts of power. Like, you could probably... You could probably tilt that in your favor. Yeah. Um. So there's that. Uh, let's see. Anything else here? Again, I like the baby dragons. They let them live. Otherwise, they would have just died. Mm-hmm. And they're coming back. Um, the little rock crab things that Grogu was probably trying to eat yeah, reminded of me of the movie Apollo 18, where there are <laughs> rock crabs on the moon that kill everybody did you ever see that holden no i feel like you bring it up every six months and you're always like have you seen it holden i'm like no i did not watch Apollo. are you telling me you didn't see the movie apollo 18 the movie that was bad when it came out and has no cultural (laughs) impact um i remember when it came out i thought the trailer was creepy when i was younger but hilarious movie (laughs) um i think that's it 
Uh, yeah. I mean, the season's halfway over, Holden. Yeah, and there's like no plot to it. Like they've they've accomplished the one goal that I thought was gonna be like the main goal for the season. Which it's fine if it's not. I'm okay with them, you know, trying something different because ultimately that goal I didn't think was very engaging to begin with. So, you know, go get that out of the way and go do something else. But they aren't doing anything else right now. It's just But why do something else when you can kill another animal? Yeah, mm-hmm. just kill another wild animal. If if I don't think it'll happen in the next episode, but I swear if it did, I would <laughs> God. I I would start to lose faith in this series just in general. It sounds but, like you already have Holden. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not super into it. It's not it's not quite on the level of like Boba Fett. Well, I mean, I think it's overall better than Boba Fett still, but it's it if it keeps going this way, it could end up in a similar mindset for me where I'm just dreading the episodes. Um, Got a little, uh, speaking of Boba Fett, we had a little Timura Morrison voice cameo with the clones. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm going to say, golly, are we going to see Moff Gideon this season? Is he next episode? Is he back? God, like I want it, I want him to be back so that there's actually something. Even though I'm not like a huge Moff Gideon, like you know, fan or anything, but like just bring something back for there to be a threat. So bring it back next episode. Have Mando immediately find out about him, and they need to go fight him for some reason. Like just do something. Yeah. Come on. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Um. Also, it's directed by Carl Weathers. Apparently, that's right. Which, all right. Directed like the worst episode of the season, but but might not be <laughs> your fault. Could it could, could that that could just be the writing? So wow. I'm not gonna blame you, Carl Weathers. Wow. All right, that's uh <laughs> that's it. I think for this episode of The Mandalorian, Holden, let's do our non-spoiler review of John Wick Chapter Four. All right, uh, John Wick Chapter 4, obviously the fourth film in the John Wick series, a series that we both quite liked, um, starring Keanu Reeves, directed by Chad Stahelski, which I think it's weird every time I look his name up. It is weird that these are the only movies he's ever directed. He is not like the first one was his first movie, and then he's just kept making these movies. So I think that's kind of funny. Until Um, he makes Ghost of Tsushima. Yes. Um, which I do want to talk about a little bit later, but um, I got you, a synopsis. Yeah, do you have a synopsis? This is the one on Google. It says, with the price on his head, ever-increasing legendary hitman John Wick takes his fight against the high-table global as he seeks out the most powerful players in the underworld, from New York to Paris to Japan to Berlin. Holden, John Wick, Chapter 4, starring Keanu Reeves. What do you think, Holden? The fourth installment of the series. It's been four years since. Yeah, nearly. Yeah, since the only one that has a uh, uh, subtitle, Parabellum. Yeah, which is still weird. It's weird that you started that and now you <laughs> stopped. But it's not that big of a deal or anything. Um, Jimmy, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I think. I think it is you if someone told me this was their favorite action movie of all time I would say yes that is a very good one to have uh, I think it's one of the best action movies I've ever seen mm-hmm. I'm trying to take I there are 
at least three action sequences you could take out of this movie, which all occur during the climax. Mm-hmm. And you could take any of them and put them up against like any Mission Impossible set piece. Mm-hmm. And I think it would win. And that is incredible because, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Mission Impossible series. I think that Keanu Reeves, uh, Chad Sahelski, they have they have set the new bar. I, I, I don't Absolutely. think this movie is going to be topped in a very long time. No, this is everything. Really, everything about this movie to me is is pretty great. Um, even I mean, even outside of the stunts. But I mean, the stunts by far are the standout thing the action set pieces which take up so much of the movie it's not a movie where you're going to have like a ton of downtime sure there are downtime moments of course you have to get plot and characters in there and but it's even when that's all there it's still a very engaging movie because i think the this is um for how much i love the other john wick movies i think this is the first one where they found like the perfect balance of Mm -hmm. like what it needs especially for like this amount of this running time um but it's this it's it's probably over half action scenes um which is an insane ratio that just like never happens in 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 movies like this usually i'd say for like if if a movie were three hours like an action movie like this typically i'd say action maybe takes up 40 minutes maybe a little longer, maybe even less than that. Um, there's usually just so much downtime and obviously action set pieces cost more money and everything, but it's such a huge focus here that this movie that's like two hours, 45 minutes, like I, at least an hour, 20 of it is, are these scenes. It's, it's incredible. It's, and they're all great too. Like you mentioned the ones at the end, which we'll have to get into details and spoilers, but even the other two big ones are still mm-hmm. just fantastic. They're all, they're all great. And the fact that they just keep ramping up over the course of the movie and you, you can't, you, you think they can't get any better, but then they just keep getting better. And, oh my and gosh. the movie overall gets better as it goes on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, finishing that after the movie like i was i was very giddy i like we i mean when we go to our cars both of us kind of sit in the cars usually for a bit but i sat in that car after you left for like another 15 minutes because i was just like thinking about it and i was just like almost like shaking at how like in awe i was at this movie um the the incredible stunt work and just all of the insane ideas that they threw in and pretty much everything stuck um i was it's it's a movie i don't i haven't been this wowed by a movie in quite some time i would argue maybe almost since la la land um not that i'm saying this is my favorite since la la land i'm not sure it is but just like i was not expecting what i got here and i same thing happened with la la land and it just completely blew me away I was not, and you were more excited about this than I was. Yes. I was not expecting to see one of the greatest films of a genre. Like, I just thought was like, I, this is the best I have seen of this. Mm -hmm. I have not seen everything, but it is, I mean, it has just got that uh, Jackie Chan, Hong Kong, just action, very creative, 
little slapstick moments in there oh yeah from time to time but it is so entertaining it is not dull and you mm-hmm. like because action is not inherently interesting no it, it like you look at the transformers movies where it's just like big robots beating each other up which mm-hmm. can be fun but if it, that's all it is and it's just big punches and stuff just and piles of metal tumbling over each other yeah. constantly <laughs> but there's storytelling in the action whether it's mm. just a little moment where it's a little slapstick and you just you know kick a guy in the balls or you know <laughs> or he's picking up some random item to use as a weapon or you know oh this person is blind and how they problem solve with that to to work through a fight scene or they're in a Mm -hmm. new area what how do they use the environment to the advantage and just oh there's there's setups and then there's payoffs to that setup all these little moments that build to a large action sequence and it's not just guys punching each other yeah (laughs) or shooting each other yeah no there's there's just as you said, I mean, they they use the sets fully to their advantage. I mean, the, the incredibly detailed sets that they have here, they'll just use they use everything they can to, like, create an entertaining action set piece. And I know I I read at least that the um, the scene in Berlin in the club, I'm pretty sure that club was entirely built from scratch, <laughs> like which makes sense cuz it doesn't look like a club that would necessarily exist in real life but it's just like the it's insane how like big it is and like and how detailed it is and everything they've got going on there like obviously the movie has a bigger i think this movie has the biggest budget of the series since they keep getting more and more successful but it's just crazy like how they were able to pull that off and make it look so good so i don't know how many of the sets were like that the last set piece, I think a lot of it was it is not obviously built because it's in kind of a real location. But, um, yeah, it's it's just it's crazy the the set design that goes into this and how that just complements the the uh, the fight scenes. So good. This is a movie that if it doesn't get nominated for best picture, I am going to be upset mm-hmm. because if you can nominate Top Gun you can nominate this movie because this movie, the stunt work is incredible. The Mm -hmm. fight choreography is incredible. The performances are very solid. The cinematography is excellent. The production design is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Just the creativity of it. So much originality. This is, I mean, the editing is very good. I just... The special effects are, are are very solid. There's a couple places where I'm like, okay, I can tell not everything is real right now, but I'm so engrossed in the still the storytelling aspect of it yeah. that it's yeah. not bothering me that much. Um, but man, there's so much really good stuff about this movie that I think it is just for what it is, it is nearly perfect. Um, it's still got the silly <laughs> John Wick world building. Yeah. Um, which, which I love. I, for me, that's, it's not any negative or anything. I, I love this, <laughs> this silly world of this. Like, it's so, it's so obvious that as these movies go on, they just are like making it up because obviously it's not a pre-established anything and I, they weren't, you know, planning from the start that this was going to be a huge franchise. So they kind of have to 
right as they go but i i think it just adds to the charm of it that it, this this world just keeps getting like deeper and weirder and just more like nuances to the rules and everything i, I think it's it's very fun it's fun yeah, yeah. um I think the side care characters in this are great. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, yeah, very, very interesting. I talked about the Jackie Chan kind of Hong Kong martial arts vibe. There's also Kurosawa is a huge influence mm-hmm. uh, on this movie. A little Lawrence of Arabia even. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, especially towards the beginning. Yeah. yeah um, it's great. It is really, really good. And, I'm trying to think if you absolutely need to see the other ones to see this movie. I think you should. Yeah. It is three movies. I think if you're, you should watch them and know that I didn't really like the first one. So if you don't think at least get through the first two, but do you think, do you think someone could just go into this and just watch it? I mean, you could, and you would you would enjoy the action and everything. Obviously, you'd probably be a little lost on what the story's doing, and you know what the high table is, and they don't. There, there's a few things that they don't really explain. I and I just rewatched the first three movies in the last week, and I have not this. seen them since Parabellum came out four years ago. So I'm like, yeah. what is this again? I don't really remember. I don't even yeah. remember why they want to get John Wick, really. But it's, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't really hold your hand. There were a couple things where I was like, "Oh wow, they're like they're like just not explaining this," and it's it's just this random thing from like one of the previous movies. And I mean, if I hadn't just rewatched them, I might have kind of forgotten about it. Um, so from that angle, you might be a little confused. I think you could if you're just trying to enjoy a fantastic action set piece. Um, at the same time, though, if you feel like you have any intention of watching the others, I feel like you should absolutely watch them first because this one's going to make the others like pale in comparison, really. Um, not that the others don't have action set pieces that are worth watching, but I think just this one is is easily the best one. Um, so I may not want to start with the best one. Um, for me right now, I think from worst to best, my ranking is three, one, two, four. Um, I, I think they overall get better. I think three, what kind of holds it back for me is the, the story kind of just ends where it begins. And, um, I didn't think it, there were like a couple standout scenes action wise, but it didn't quite hit the same mark as like two for me. Um, but I think just this one is, is by and large the best one just overall. Um, and I also think it returns to probably the strongest aspect from the first movie, which is kind of the the heart to it. Um, the because um, that movie is obviously driven by his his desire to get revenge. I mean, everyone knows it's the get revenge for the dog that died um, because his wife had given it to him, and so there's a lot of stuff about grief and how it kind of manifests itself and, and whatnot. And I feel like this kind of returns to some of those ideas um, with just it being a little bit, not a little bit more contemplative, not that it's like really slow or anything. And obviously it's, there's plenty of points where it's just fun action, but I think the story has a, has a bit more to it than the previous couple have had. So. And if that's enough, I mean, this movie's got Donnie Yen in it. Mm-hmm. It's got Hiroyuki Sonata. It's got Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. It's got Mr. Krabs. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what more do you need? Yeah. 
it's just a fantastic cast and it's it is crazy to me that they it took this long to get donnie yen in here like it it just feels like that would be like a natural fit for these movies from the start but you know i'm glad they finally did get him in and he is so good just a fantastic side character uh kane he's he has he has like pretty much everything you could you'd want done with his character is done here i mean he's he's a blind um character so as you mentioned you get to see kind of how he fights around and how he gets around problems and it there's just there's a lot done with him i fantastic he's probably i don't know if he's overall my favorite side character in the series but he's definitely up there he was great um of course lance reddick who just passed away he's in this film Mm -hmm. lawrence fishburne is here as well um and some some of people i didn't recognize from other things uh shamir anderson plays this guy calls himself mr nobody Mm -hmm. in in it i have i have not seen him in anything else he was great i thought yeah, I what was it? I saw he was coming in something Reese was he in like the Captain Marvel sequel coming up? I don't remember. I feel like I saw there was something he was in coming up that that I was like, Oh well, I'm gonna see that. I'm gonna see him in that. But um yeah, he was great. Really liked him. So yeah. So many good side characters. Great action. Incredible yeah. action. Um just a masterclass really. Uh, on choreography it is just going from like look i love batman begins Mm -hmm. the action in that movie is horrible (laughs) uh going from like that and in the born movies of course which is that you know just hyper fast shaky cam nonsense to this the kind of return of this martial arts and letting the the scenes breathed and seeing it extended takes just so good. Yeah. And there's a, there's a couple like long takes in this, but um, it's, it's not like there's a ton of them. It, it's more like just the shots are like, they're not quick cut. There's, there's a bit of, you know, rhythm to them. And you can tell that like, even when it's in between shots that like they're just getting different angles of like maybe not exactly the same take but like this just the same movements and everything and it's it's all very clearly choreographed out i don't know like i don't know how long these like fight scenes would go on on set or anything because it's kind of hard to tell with the editing and whatnot but clearly they are pretty lengthy (laughs) it's just it would be it'd be insane to see this like as it was being filmed very talented people made this movie mm-hmm. very very talented people and i'm guessing they just let the stunt coordinators go for it oh yeah which is so cool to see and Absolutely. um yeah i they need to have some sort of they deserve some sort of award recognition for it i don't know if they need to just add a best stunts best choreography oscar nominated for best picture um but they deserve it because this was a phenomenal. Um, just like uh, <laughs> I think you said it after the movie. It's like, wow, that was cool to watch history. It's like, oh, this was <laughs> incredible. Like as you're watching it, it's like this is amazing. Mouth agape. Phenomenal watch. So who is this for? If you are like think the other movies, are, if you've seen any other John Wick movie, and you thought it was fine. Go see this because it's incredible. If you like action movies, if you like Mission Impossible, this is so good. 
if uh yeah i i I just think if you i mean obviously if you love any jackie chan sort of thing donnie yen movies Mm -hmm. uh you've probably already seen this so (laughs) yeah had a pretty good opening weekend so i think best in the series um it's already surpassed i think shazam 2's entire box office run so um this is uh this is a really really good movie and and my favorite movie of the year so far absolutely this should go down alongside like mad max fury road i think it's a good one yeah yeah i think it's kind of that same vein very different movies so it's hard to kind of compare those two but obviously that one's a lot more like vehicular combat and everything but just vehicular vehicular combat the uh, the insane amount of work that went into that and making all those stunts work it, it feel it's like th- essentially it, this is that but with like uh, with martial arts and more hand to hand combat and whatnot uh, so yeah this is just one of the most important action movies I think it is going to be hard to surpass anything like this I just I want to see it again yeah me too <laughs> it's I'm it's, surprised you've only seen it once Holden. I yeah, if I I had kind of a busier weekend, otherwise I probably would have seen it a second time already. But it is so good. I wanted to see it a second time. I yeah, it it is. It's and it's almost, three hours long. Yeah, like, <laughs> and it like, doesn't even feel that smokes. bad. I I uh, yeah, I, it, it's almost kind of sad because I I can't think of like any movies like this that will surpass it in like the anywhere in the near future because like part of it is like they were given such a big budget and obviously that's because these movies have proven themselves so it's going to be so hard for just any random you know lower budget movie to kind of reach the heights of the stunts and and choreography here because they're just not gonna have the money for it but you know i want to see something like this again um yeah uh best movie of the year for me so far i think it's gonna be hard to pass it honestly because in terms of just pure entertainment value and the fact that it's also a great movie like this might end up at number one at the end of the year we'll see um this is a 10 out of 10 for me i have like no complaints i don't think i loved everything about it yeah it's great um definitely see it and uh the guy who's making it's making the ghost of tsushima movie uh, yeah. So even if Which, you're like, oh, I'm, I like Ghost of Tsushima, go check this out because you will be excited yeah, for that movie. Tell, <laughs> tell you what, it's, he is. He seems like he's going to be the perfect guy for it too. Like, it's I. After seeing this, I just, I mean, not that I, I was excited for it before, just knowing the John Wick guy was attached to it. But after this movie, like the amount, and especially, you know, there's sword combat in this that I'm sure a lot of that experience will transfer over and. So I'm very, very excited for that. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? Yeah. It is at least the best action movie of the year until uh, Extraction 2 comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Until Extraction 2 comes out and has a really good scene and the rest of it is boring. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good 11 minutes. It was. Whatever it was. I I might go. I'm not gonna rewatch that first one before the movie, but I might watch that 11 minutes. Oh yeah, watch the 11 minutes for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at. Let's let's talk about our spoilers. Holden, let's just ramble on about all our favorite <laughs> stuff about this movie. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, please skip over the spoilers and. Uh, Go see it and then come back and listen to us again. 
All right, uh, spoilers for John Wick. Um, I think... I, I do want to talk about the plot at some point, but obviously we, we, we want to get giddy about the uh, the stunts. So I think we should try to talk about those scenes in order. Um, so we should start with, like, the Tokyo bit. Yeah. Um, it's it's Osaka, right? It's not Tokyo. It's oh, Osaka. yeah, sorry, Osaka. Um, the Osaka bit, um, which is great it's kind of a it's a great first action scene i had heard that there was like a really long action scene in this movie um like close to an hour or whatever and i thought this was it honestly because it it, like kept going (laughs) and it was very good but i was like oh this is like this is long this must be what they're talking about i'm kind of surprised this is at the beginning but this isn't what they were talking about that comes later um but yeah, the stuff here was great. I mean, you get the the new characters here, uh, first introductions to like Donnie Yen and the and the Mister Nobody. But you also have the two characters that are only here, um, which is Hiroyuki Sonata's character, um, which I can't. I I had the list up here of the character names. Um, uh, Koji is his name, and then his daughter, uh, played by Rina Sawayama uh, Ak- Akira. Um, they were both great. They were yeah. both awesome. Um, especially, uh, honestly, I, I mean, I think I was more surprised by Akira just because, I mean, I wasn't familiar with the actress. And so it was really cool. And she was doing all her own. It looked like she was doing all her own stunts. Um, I guess I can't say if, for sure if she was. but uh, I'm guessing was, since it seems like they're setting up a spinoff thing with her. Yes, it does. Um, but, yeah, she was kicking butt um she had she was doing cool stuff with swords and everything and um i liked her a lot she had probably the 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 funniest kill of the that whole sequence where she she shot the guy's leg with an bow and arrow and then he like got stuck to the wall and he got like shot in the head he kind of just like swiveled down <laughs> you remember that yes i do yeah. now that you mention it that, that's the thing is like i feel like i i wish i would have seen this twice cuz there's so many small Mm -hmm. moments that are so good there's no way you can remember them all like you could be forgiven for forgetting an entire action sequence in this movie yeah because there are ones that (laughs) overshadow them later on like yeah i'm probably gonna hit myself after talking about this because i'm probably gonna remember like a a cool kill or a specific moment from the action set pieces that i forgot to mention but there i mean it's all just really good so like it's hard to just talk about everything because it all kind of blurs together in a good way like it's it's just a very good rhythm that you can get pretty lost in um it's just incredibly entertaining yeah um also at the beginning we have lance reddick's uh death the the concierge yes um which you know was kind of i mean it was very interesting to watch just from the standpoint that he had just died in real life and i think he does like he says like it was a pleasure spending that whatever thought whatever this time with you or whatever he says yeah something like that so Um, you know very bittersweet to watch that moment uh because you lost this character who was really cool in the franchise but also then we know that lance reddick in real life has passed as well yeah and i it was it was interesting because like they they had like the characters in this had such a reverence for him so there's a lot of like there's a lot about talking about him throughout the movie and 
I mean, I know it's entirely unless unless I mean, I guess we don't know yet how Lance Reddick passed, but if they knew about him like dying ahead of time, like this could be or like they knew he was sick or whatever. There could be some double meaning in here. I don't know. Um, but uh, if not, it would just worked out really well that there's a lot of just like talking about how good of a friend he was and how good of a person he was. And like, it feels very in memoriam for him, even though he just died. So it I mean, that all worked out really well because it works. It double works as a tribute to him. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was great. I liked that a lot. It almost felt like they added that stuff in, but I know they didn't because it was like a week ago, but it was cool. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed uh, the, the, the all the references to him throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if we go back to the Asaka stuff, I mean, there's just so many great moments in there. I literally, I'm not going to remember all of them. Uh, the ones that stand out to me are the ones with uh, Donnie Yen. Um, whether it was him taking out the guys in the kitchen. I like how he's just like snacking. Yeah, like he's eating. eating the noodles. <laughs> like, you gotta do your job. <laughs> yeah. No, him using the doorbells was so funny. I thought that was just, it was so smart and cool. I was and like, like, are those like trip mines or what? No, it's just motion activated doorbell things. Yeah. <laughs> so then since he's blind, so obviously you can tell where they are. I thought that was was really smart. It was really cool. It seemed, it was just goofy. He had all these on him, and they, he doesn't use them again. But I was like, "Yeah, that's fine. Maybe he used them all. He didn't go buy more." <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what were you saying? Oh, I, I was thinking. Speaking of silly things, I think the bulletproof suits in this are so funny. Like, yeah. I ne- are there, were those not in any of the other ones? They okay. So they, they either like. John Wick either has them like in the first or second one. I can't remember which one it is. He he like gets one. I don't think it's quite as quite as overpowered as it is in this. But it's not like not everyone has them. But in this movie, everyone has one, and it's so fun. It's like so goofy <laughs> the way it looks all the time. They're just like holding their like jacket up to like cover their face, and I it is. It's it's pretty stupid, but it just adds to the the silly kind of campy nature of a lot of the fight scenes in this because it it's pretty consistent. Like, I don't think there's really any moment where they shoot, somehow shoot through the suit or anything. No, it, but it just kind of. It, and it's not like a bulletproof vest in real life where it's like you still get hurt by it. It's like no, it just completely <laughs> takes out all the sting of the bullets which is really interesting because it, it almost turns gun combat into like a hand-to-hand-esque combat it's much more intimate um, yeah it's it's really the the very it feels like the very definition of like the gun foo like term whether it's it's you know martial arts mixed with with gun combat it feels on yeah as you said like the most intimate here or like just keep switching. Yeah, I had written that down too. Holden mentioned we sit in the cars after the movie. Well, that's mainly because it's just cold out still. Mm-hmm. But um, when now I'm trying to just anything I remember from the movie, just writing it down somewhere <laughs> so then I can reference it later. But I yes, I did have the bulletproof suits on here <laughs> um, as something to mention. But yeah, no, I, I like that was all great. The kitchen sequence, of course. Then we have the place with just the, all the cool lights and glass, like museum 
sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with weapons. And I like how John was just using the weapons in the museum, the nunchucks. Mm-hmm. A lot of good nunchuck stuff. There were he kept like putting them around his neck and then he'd have to keep taking them out. Like, oh, I'm done. No, no. <laughs> That's a great touch, too, is just how exhausted Keanu Reeves is <laughs> at the like as the movie progresses. Just like, are you kidding me? Like, uh, more? Yeah. Well, I think it's honestly that scene is probably the best example of it. Because, like, as that scene goes on, he, like, at, before he fights Donnie Yen, he just, like, doubles over from exhaustion. He's just, like, he, like, collapses. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wait till he sees all those stairs. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's great. Um, We get interrupted by, uh, by the Mr. Nobody, too. Mm-hmm. He's in there and kind of puts an end to that fight. Um, his, if I remember correctly, his motivation was just like he just needs some some money. Yeah, he like needs a lot of money. I think he's they they like mention he's like trying to buy his way out of the life or something. It's something like, like they're that. they're all like they all have their own ways of trying to get out, and his is monetary. So that's his his whole thing throughout this movie is basically just extorting money from like Bill Skarsgård, <laughs> trying to get more money from yeah. him. Um, but yeah, he uh, yeah. So I think the thing in that in the begin like that Osaka scene was th- the money was like just not enough. So he ends up like letting John Wick live. So I think in his mind he's like, oh, I'll be able to you know get more money out of these people mm-hmm. if I if he lives and I and I track him and whatever. Which so. his dynamic with Bill Skarsgård, the Maquis, was great. <laughs> That was great. <laughs> it was very funny. Bill Skarsgård is such a good, like, mustache twirling just villain, too. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, like, he's, you can tell he's, like, pretty pathetic, too. Like, he's he's obviously just a villain that's all money, all, like, like talk and stuff. But he, he has no, like, if John Wick were to just confront him and shoot him, he'd have, like, no chance. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, money is a powerful thing. And so he, he gets everyone to do his dirty work. So, uh, the final part of the Osaka action sequence, of course, is the the duel between Hiroyuki Sonata and and Kane, Donnie Yen's character, which is just straight out of a Kurosawa movie. Yeah, and it's, epic. Yeah, just a very very quick kind of samurai duel. Feels very Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, it was really cool. It was it was, it was over in like five seconds, um, and I love how you know Kane is kind of like he doesn't want to do any of this. Yeah, and it's just like they have my daughter and they just keep blackmailing me essentially. Well, and the best part about that is I feel like in a lot of movies where there's kind of that motivation, like they'll start with that, but then the person who's like, he's like, oh, I don't want to fight you or whatever. Like he'll kind of quickly just change to just antagonistic or whatever. But Donnie Yen never really does that. He's just, he's like constantly like doesn't want to be doing what he's doing, but he he's so like his daughter is so, obviously so important to him that that's, he's willing to mm-hmm. do anything. So he's constantly fighting against that. Uh, so that was just great overall. Is there anything you want to talk about between that and the club action sequence? Um, uh, not necessarily. Well, I will. I will say um, one of the moments where I th- it was like they were just like not explaining to any newcomers was like the whole like the whole family thing. 
with like John Wick. I was like, if you have not, I feel like if you haven't seen John Wick three, like recently, it's, you just do not know what they're talking about here. I don't remember what they're talking about at all. Yeah. And, um, and the third one, that's when he goes to like the ballet place with Angelica Houston. Um, I don't know if you remember she was in it, but she's, she's like, she's like a ballet teacher, but she's also like, um, like the head of this crime family that John Wick was, was a part of when he was younger. And he had this thing called a ticket, which they keep mentioning in this too. And they don't explain what it is, but um, it, it seemed to be like this, like a favor kind of thing. Like since he left the family to kind of for his own devices, but he, they, they gave him like this one favor thing. And in that movie, he uses it as a way to get out of New York when, when he's being chased down. Um, so in this, he doesn't have it anymore, so he's not really doesn't have any connection to the family, and that's why he has to do that that stuff for him is to get back in. Um, but that's also gets the, shot by the bishop or priest yeah, or whatever. That's right. Yeah. Um, that's also I think the basis for that ballerina spinoff with Ana de Armas that's coming out. Whatever. Um, I think she's she's like a member of that family or whatever. I don't know exactly, but something like that. Anyway, anywho, um, yeah, we can, I think we can, unless you have anything, we can probably just get on to the, the club. Even the, the guy in that, that's just the big <laughs> meat guy. I don't know what to call him. <laughs> I don't remember his name. Gold, the golden tooth guy. Uh, he was great too. He was. I, I leaned over to you. I, he looked like Jack Horner from Puss in Boots. <laughs> he's just a big, beefy man. Yeah, his, his proportions looked a little weird. He was wearing a purple suit. I was like, yeah, he's, that's that's just Jack Horner. Like, very, very large, but also very strong. Mm-hmm. If, like, a sphere could be ripped. Yeah. That was his body <laughs> shape. That's a good way of putting it. Like, inc- very interesting. And... He was great. He very much like uh uh oh gosh, what's the guy? The Spider Man guy, Kingpin. Like oh yeah yeah, kind of like a Kingpin as all muscle, just massive man. Them sitting down at the card table, that was just fun. And having all all three of those guys there, Mister Nobody, John Wick, and Kane, as well as this guy, uh, was great. And knowing that John Wick has to kill him in order to. to set up this duel for the final act um that was great yeah Uh, everything about that scene was fun the tension leading up to it the sequence itself john wick just falls (laughs) 30 feet onto concrete (laughs) and is somehow it like okay enough to go on (laughs) yeah no he has a couple nasty falls in this movie and I think, like, I saw something where Keanu said he did, like, 95% of his own stunts. I'm guessing that's the 5% he didn't do. <laughs> that would be my guess. I mean, maybe he did his own falls, but it seemed pretty intense. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, 58-year-old Keanu Reeves can't can't really do that too well. Um, I can't remember which scene, if, which action sequence it was. I think it was this one. I mean... This is going to sound like another one, but I think it was this one where just a guy just falls down a flight of stairs that are just concrete. Mm-hmm. And I just audibly was like, oh, because I know that someone in real life, just those stunt guys, they're just do that. It's like was that this? someone actually just flung themselves downstairs. 
Yeah, well, yeah, there were there were a couple. <laughs> I mean, I mean, literally was, a whole action sequence later takes place on stairs. But I mean, I just yeah. like I was like, oh gosh, I hope that person was okay. Well, I mean, and then there's there's the, the way that the guy dies. Yeah, <laughs> falls down and just hits his head. Oh my god! Yeah, just some bad falls in this scene. Um, Turns overall, out landing on your face is a hilarious way to die. Yeah. Based on yeah. the movies we've seen so far this <laughs> year. Some cocaine there. <laughs> Darn tootin'. Um, but yeah, this is this is the bit where I mentioned, I think, I'm pretty sure this whole set was just built for the movie. It's pretty great. It, like I said, very, just doesn't make any sense from a, like an actual club standpoint. Waterfalls? Just, Did people just walk through the water? Yeah. <laughs> this must have been miserable to film. Right? Just, just drenched. Cold. Especially towards the end. Just mm-hmm. drenched. Yeah, he's just, Keanu's just, like, completely drenched. And, I mean, then you have, like, the people that, you know, he he kills that are just lying on a wet floor, like, for the rest of the scene or whatever. It's, yeah, it it was probably miserable. Even the extras in the background that were just dancing, it's probably just cold and wet. And, yeah, yeah. I wonder how long it took to to film this part. But, I don't know. But incredible and i was like oh this is good too i'm like wow two really good action sequences so far i think this is uh another i I didn't really mention in non-spoilers but the the lighting in these movies is so like absurd but fantastic it has yeah it's like they literally like we built this set to look cool (laughs) yeah it's like it like half the time makes no sense the way it's lit i mean and there's a lot of neon and stuff but it's so clearly just to make it look cool and it adds to the style of it and john wick three and and two to a lesser extent were also that way where it's just a lot of bright colors that that don't make sense but make for it for a cool scene and they don't they don't hinder your ability to enjoy it at all if anything they heighten it even though it if you think about it too much it could take you out of it but who cares it's like they saw that one scene skyfall that kind of looks has that aesthetic oh yeah yeah it's like the neon like glass Mm -hmm. place glass open (laughs) floor layout with (laughs) neon jumbotrons in the background and guns and people in nice formal attire it's like that is the epitome of the the aesthetic of john wick yeah that's a good that's a good way of putting it yeah um which is great i love it too it was awesome Mm -hmm. uh anything else to say about the the whole russian kind of yeah and they did the i think they did a similar kill in three but he he tomahawks a guy in the head it's pretty fun yeah um yeah, just in general, I, I like probably the, the, the if I had to pick a least favorite, I'd say probably the German club is my least favorite, um, but it's still great. Like it's still it's still probably like in in league with the best from the other movies, if not better. So well, I was really thinking I'm like, OK, what's like the best action sequence from Mission Impossible Fallout? It's like, mm-hmm. well, either like the motorbike chase thing or it's like the bathroom fight. Uh, I think mm-hmm. this is probably better than both of those. And yeah. it's like the worst thing in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean like in, in Mission Impossible, I think most of the appeal is just like the the more over the top stunts that are that are done like in camera for the most part. So I mean like in that one all the stuff with the helicopters and stuff is is pretty Oh yeah, that's true. I is pretty incredible. Um 
but it's hard to compare like that stuff to to uh john wick where it's more you know just hand to hand like yeah. more not necessarily realistic but more just gra- grounded i guess I yeah just a different thing i wish they should in- incorporate more of that into mission possible yeah i think have a blend mm-hmm. you listen to this uh chris mcquarrie <laughs> um okay shall we talk about the the third act then yeah we probably should first off is... those little card things that they flipped over those are cool those were cool <laughs> i was those like i want to get so a deck cool. of those <laughs> where did they get those <laughs> oh speaking of which we didn't mention uh john wick hitting the guy in the neck with the playing card oh yeah that's right i forgot about that <laughs> i liked that a lot I'm i like, actually thought he was gonna kill him with it clearly but. cheating too yeah <laughs> five twos or whatever yeah five of a kind yeah that's what it was yeah just not that possible was, that was fun yeah just i fun. liked that a lot but anyway yeah as you said those those like metal cards he had i like i don't know what you would use them for in any normal situation but i just want them <laughs> like <laughs> they just seem like fun to like they look like they have a really nice texture and they're pretty hefty like i just be cool to have what whatever they are you know like keeping one prop from a movie it's like you got to keep one of those somebody's yeah. got though somebody has those somebody some somewhere that seems like something that I, I like since since it's one of his main scenes i would be like that maybe like clancy brown kept those or something like, yeah kept one of those but um that was cool they're having <laughs> the duel and they he's got to get to the church on time mm-hmm. and bill skarsgård with his massive recreation of <laughs> minimalist poly polygon of paris or whatever with the huge analog clock on a jumbotron with a cool pattern behind him absolutely not practical at all where Ridiculous, is he at? but knows? just looks so cool <laughs> looks so cool yeah and it, when it got to this point of the movie i mean i was i knew it obviously wasn't it felt too soon to be like the end but i was like oh well so the the duel's the next morning so like i feel he's probably gonna fight some people but i feel like it's couldn't go on for that long could it and it does it does. <laughs> it does. It does very much so. It really this um this part of the this the scenes in this can be broken up into four chunks, I think. Um the first one kind of being when it all starts and he's kinda in just a random street in Paris and he, he gets hit by a couple of cars like right away. It just not a, not off to a good start. Um But that's that's when it's like playing the like the French version of paint it black. Mm-hmm. Um, which there's this and Parabellum both have like I like have like really like one really good action scene set to like a random song that you recognize and this was that for that one um, in the Parabellum it was when they first like the start of the hotel siege when I think they're, it's playing like the Vivaldi's like winter movement or whatever one of those recognizable classical pieces and it it just works so well for both like it's it feels like that's what they were thinking when they when they were choreographing it like okay we're gonna play paint it black here or whatever and it's it's just great yeah um are you including that when they're around the Arc de Triomphe no I was including that as separate because I feel like each of these they're kind of 
they they it's it feels like levels in a video game honestly because it's like or like uh, one of those classic side scroller beat em ups when you you walk for a bit and then you have to stop and fight waves of enemies for a bit it kind of feels like that because in between each of these it's it you have like this radio announcer who's talking and kind of giving cryptic it seems like seemingly less cryptic messages over time. And by the yeah, end, yeah, just, just like John Wick is still alive. <laughs> yeah, <you're> screwed. Like, <laughs> at first, I was like, I could see why a normal listener would maybe see this as like not, you know, a hitman thing. But by the end of it, it's just like, oh, he's still alive. So go this get him. <laughs> hits for you, John Wick. Um, and they're um, doing it from the top of the Eiffel Tower. And just Which is silly. S- but silly, but great. It. And just the a- very nice ASMR voice, too. Mm-hmm. And like gold and just again silly looks cool fun amazing, and then Bill Skarsgård's just watching this happen over his model. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, then they get to what's what's it called the Arc Arc de Triomphe Arc de Triomphe, um, which very famous cert like essentially a roundabout <laughs> in, yeah. in France, um. And this this scene is where it really starts to get good because it's it is it's crazy like what happens here. This was there, the one part of the movie where I felt like the CGI was a little wonky at times, but I still thought this is fun. Yeah, and, and it's it's easy to tell when some of it is CG. I don't know how much of it was. There are a lot like, of cars that are just not there. I mean, yeah. and obviously you can't because how would you film it? Yeah. But I'm like that. That's CG, and this is CG. But really, but fun. there were cars that were real too. Oh, and, absolutely, and that that all felt very good. But yeah, no, I I kind of agree. I noticed that a bit here too. Um, but still, pretty incredible. I mean, they it looks it still looks very good. It it's it's just a really fun set piece to be fighting in the middle of this just massive <laughs> roundabout that's famously pretty busy. Um. And I I like the uh, there's the this is also where it felt it reminded me of that bit from the second movie where like there's the bit where they're like in the subway station and he and the the other hitman guy they're just like firing at each other with silencers. Do you remember that? I don't. I honestly don't remember the other movies very well. Okay, it, it's like it, it's a very funny scene. It's it's probably one of the funniest scenes in the second movie because they're just like they're walking along in a subway and they're trying to act inconspicuous, but they're like under their coats firing with silenced guns at each other, and somehow no one is noticing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's 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 so silly. And there's kind of bits of this here with like when there's like a there's like a bus that passes in between him and like the main henchman guy and. Uh, some of the cars it felt very much like that but um yeah just in general this 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 part was there's you, you see the dog run on top of some cars dog gets That's hit fun. by a car dog gets hit i was sad. Okay. i thought the dog was gonna die <laughs> yeah but it was alive thank god yeah um, and again like there were so many good small moments in here that i just do not remember because so much happened in this movie yeah, it's hard for me to pinpoint for this one specifically because this one goes on for a while. It's it is incredible everything they do with it, but yeah, I'm trying to remember specifically. Like, and if you stopped kills. here, it would be iconic in of itself. Yes, but the <laughs> there's two more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, the next one, um, if we're done with that one. The ne- the next one is probably the best part of the movie, honestly. 
for me at least um which is when he goes to the the house or i don't know what it's supposed to be some sort of building some apartment complex um and as you mentioned post the movie um it was like setting up for these guys to be using these incendiary rounds against john wick and because it's kind of during a montage where we see all the hitmen prepping uh, the assassins prepping for this very much john wick 2 yeah again yes which is just a classic trope where literally everybody is just a hitman in the city going yeah (laughs) um but you see these guys prepping with the the shotgun with incendiary rounds we're like oh god in my mind i'm like how is john wick gonna survive that if he gets shot with that like there's even with a bulletproof vest there's no way but then it turns out it was all kind of a misdirect because John Wick ends up getting the shotgun like immediately and just mm-hmm. blowing everybody up with it. And it's so glorious. And I'll, if you want to talk, I'll let you describe this scene. If, cause it's, well, I mean, like, it's great because he's got a basically Roman candle <laughs> gun, <laughs> shotgun, and he's just shooting people with a fire, which... I think a lot of the fire in this scene it looks CG, but uh, forgiven because there was real fire too and real people on fire. But yeah. that's one of it. And then the other part is that it, it is at least stitched together as a oneer. Probably not a oneer, but um, stitched together as a oneer where it's an overhead look at uh, at this action sequence where it's clearly a set and they they're going over the top very much what you know like they do that in the el camino breaking bad movie yeah like a bird's eye view bird's eye um, view of the layout of this place well this is spoiler it, review so the people have seen it and yeah going through and i mean those things combined was just incredible to watch well and that the bird's eye view kind of adds to it feeling like a video game like i i haven't played it myself but yeah, what is I, that video game that's like this the hotline miami hotline miami yeah that's yeah. that's exactly what this is like i didn't think of that until you just said video game yeah i wasn't and i was also thinking like the original like grand theft autos as well they're kind of that same way the, i think the first two are top down um but i think hotline miami is i think that's like based on those games or whatever but anyway yeah it felt like that a lot um but yeah, I mean, even though like the Wonder is great, and even though it's not really focused on like the martial arts aspect here, which I mean, if it was a if it was this long of a Wonder and it was all just like martial arts combat, that would be pretty incredible. But I think it's like it's equally impressive that there's just like people like like they have to time and like get people getting set on fire like correctly mm-hmm. like so much here like it just the coordination for it. So many people get set on fire by the shotgun and. Like it, it's a lot of that is CG. I think, um, a lot of the, fi- uh, yeah, I don't, there, there like, is one person who's like running and that's clearly real. Yeah. I, I believe, I mean, when I was watching it, I was paying attention. I'm like, yeah, that looks CG to me. Yeah. I guess it's um, hard to it, tell. It's still very effective. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if at least some of it is like actual like flame charges, like kind of prop stuff that you can set um, because I'm sure that is something you can do. But yeah, I'm sure some of it was CG too to help aid with the, the Warner. Um, but it was, yeah, it was just fantastic. It was so creative and, and weird. And I had, I had seen like the start of this. I think it was maybe in a TV spot or something. It I was, was like, they played it right before the movie. Well, I had when they were yeah. like, it's more ep- 
it's more cinematic when it's at the theater or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting over the top act camera angle. I feel like I had seen it even before that, though. Like, I don't know if I had seen like an image of it or something. But when it got to that point in the movie, I was like, I kind of saw the scene. I was like, oh, this is probably where it's at. I like had kind of forgotten about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is it's gone this far in the movie and we haven't gotten this. And here we go. I totally forgot about it until it started happening. Yeah. Even from the spot before. Because it was like two and a half hours later. Yeah, <laughs> true. It was. Um. But yeah, I think that's I think that honestly is my favorite part, which is weird because it is like the only part without a lot of martial arts combat. But it's just the way it's filmed and and lit and like it's just incredible. And I think the music is also just like it's it's the the soundtrack is just pretty bumping the whole time. Like it's it's not probably yeah. like the f- best one to listen to on its own, but, but it's it like matches. EDM. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is pretty much just EDM. Um but then the scene also ends with that that fall off the building, which just looked insane. I don't know like how much of that if it's like all real or not, but it looked very painful. Mm-hmm. That was honestly the fall that I was the most like cringing at. Yeah. Um, and I, w- if it is real, I would doubt Keanu Reeves did that. I would bet that'd be someone else. Well, didn't but- he fall off the building in two or three or something? Uh, three. Yeah, that's yeah. how that ends because Winston shoots him at the end and he falls off. Yeah, and that was that in three. I'm pretty sure that was it. Looked more fake in three, but it still was painful. <laughs> like he yeah. he hits his head on like the way down too. I'm like Jesus Christ. Um, it's invincible. They, what didn't let the guy hurt Mister Nobody's dog? It's like yes. he's not gonna let this dog die. Thank God. Which that uh, was good. That was that was a moment that I mean it if if the audience had cheered i would have understood that would have that's that almost feels like a cheer worthy moment letting kind of that that moment where john wick is able to protect a dog to his fullest ability and everything and it was pretty good yeah um and then of course the stairs yes which was shown a bit in the trailer. I honestly, in the trailer, I was like, I, I mean, it looked cool, but I didn't really expect it to be like the last thing. And even I didn't in this either. Mo- I kind even of in this forgotten mo- about it. Yeah. Even in this movie, as it was going, I was like, uh, with the f- previous two action sequences, I was like, geez, that's crazy. And then it gets to the stairs. I'm like, well, I mean, the stairs could be cool, but I'm not sure it can top those. And I'm not sure it tops the, the top down segment for me, but it is pretty fantastic. It is just like the most the biggest showcase of like marsh just like pure martial arts with like a little bit of environmental hindrance with like the stairs and everything but it's mostly just focused on him trying to get past a bunch of people and just beating them up and killing them and <laughs> and then getting knocked all the way back down. <laughs> just rolling 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 which was hilarious that was also i i made note of that um Watching John Wick two, something kind of happens in that movie too. That's that's similar. They just keep falling downstairs. I'm like, this these movies are very funny. <laughs> um, and then him teaming up with Kane, Donnie Yen's character, just to get. Great. I need you to get up. I need you to get to the top of those stairs, John. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was I. I was it was great because I was hoping throughout the whole movie I'm like there needs to be a point where they team up, and I was just trying to figure out how it would happen, like. 
especially since Donnie Yen is in such a bind with with the Marquis and everything. Like he can't just betray him and with and no Mr. and Mr. Nobody too. Yeah, yeah, and Mr. Nobody. Which again, we haven't even t- that scene where he has to pull the his hand out of the knife or whatever. Oh, like, you can gosh. either take the knife out of your hand or your hand out of the oh. knife. That, that was, was so real. That was incredible, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Just a very, uh, probably relatively simple, but really convincing special effect, however they did that. Yeah, very much like John Carpenter the Thing-esque. Mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly, I, I felt bad about thinking about this, but it reminded me of Michael Myers at the end of Halloween Ends. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Obviously, this is way better in every way but <laughs> um yeah but uh yeah getting to the top the team up the the one main henchman getting bitten in the nuts a lot of yep. more a lot of nuts action yeah you laughed at i thought it was pretty funny the first time that he said nuts and just <laughs> went for the guy <laughs> that was pretty funny yeah. Um, the dog in in general in this was was great. He was a very good companion for Mister Nobody and Pete on the guy's head. Pete on the guy's head. Their their relationship in general was just very cool. They're they're just a man and his dog going out killing people for money and stuff. What more? Very can you wholesome. Want? <laughs> very wholesome. <laughs> um, then getting to the top, and then you have the duel itself, mm-hmm. which uh, that was pretty epic as well, and just very well edited and just was just happened it was very raw and in real tense. time it, it, it was tense yeah real time that's that's good you mentioned that it, it was tense i it didn't go the way i was expecting like it was i mean i went in this fully expecting like something more cliche than what happened like I figured they were gonna get down to the ten paces or whatever, cause they yeah when they're like could, yeah you gotta go down to ten paces until one guy falls and dies yeah um, after Clancy Brown mentioned that but um, yeah no I'm completely surprised that Donnie Yen didn't die like I I honestly if you had asked me like as the movie was going up until that point I would have bet money that he was gonna die because that just seems like kind of the cliche thing to do like maybe tell john you know a look after my daughter or something and then uh you know john's maybe that's how the movie ends is john helping her or something or you set up the next movie where it's like oh they're going after the daughter and he's got to protect her something like that yeah something like that and so i i was fully expecting something like that but no john ends up losing the duel um kind of i noticed he didn't fire his shot but it didn't i was like wow he didn't even get his shot off that's kind of what I, I thought too. Yeah, I didn't it, catch the intent behind it. Like I was like, I didn't put it together in time. Yeah, he kind of he does it. Um, I mean, he does it on purpose. So he, he essentially loses on purpose, so then he can he can kill the marquee himself. Um, which I liked that a lot. I thought that was that was good. Although I did my my one complaint about the story about this is I do not understand how he killed the Marquis and there were no repercussions for that. Like it Well, just the seemed... Marquis stood in as... Because he's like, oh, Kane's going to be my... Uh, what do they call it in Game of Thrones? You know, like your stand-in. Oh, like the champion or something? Champion, yeah. 
Oh, okay. Kane's so, like his chain. He's like, okay, now I want to finish him off. So he takes oh, the gun. Oh, okay. Him. So okay. So he essentially taken Donnie Yen's place. Though. Okay, that makes more sense. Because yeah. I was watching the movie, I'm like, why? Like, sure, I get why he killed him, but like, it didn't make any sense to me why that happened. And then Clancy Brown's just like, well, okay. Well, well rules are rules. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes more sense now that you explain it. Um. But yeah, then. Crap! I mean, John Wick ends up dying, yeah. which just incredible. I I cannot believe they did that. I mean, I I think it's good, honestly. Especially as we talked about, I don't think this movie can be topped. So it's probably best if they end on this note. But like, well, when he was coming down the stairs and he was like hobbling, I'm like, he should die. And then they like had the pictures of his. his he was thinking about his wife and stuff. I was like. He should really die because you can't top this. His arc is over. Like Donnie Yen was like, you know, it was like you cling to what was it? It's like you cling to death so you can live or cling to life in your death. I don't remember what those who was. those who cling to death live or something like that. Those who cling to life die or something. Yeah, you're right. Something like that. Um, Something like that. And it was like it's time like there's the, you don't have anything left to live for really Mm -hmm. and you kind of served your purpose yeah it it makes sense for his arc because i mean he is still like a killer so like him not getting a happy ever after kind of makes sense um and he's kind of him and the other characters kind of like recognize that throughout these movies where he's just like obviously it's not going to end well for him no matter what happens yeah but like you kill the marquee and then someone else takes his place exactly there's always going to be somebody after you so like it really the movie turned to him kind of working to help kane get free mm-hmm. yeah, he helps kane and um yeah, and I mean now he he pretty he dies having accomplished still like technically escaping the wrath of the high table and everything. So he does like ultimately kind of beat them, even though he doesn't you know kill them all or anything. He still does beat them at their own game. And Winston gets to reopen the hotel, mm-hmm. the Continental. Yeah, the uh, him hobbling down the stairs. You mentioned that. I don't know if it is inspired by, but it reminds me a lot of the ending of cowboy bebop so i don't i would not be surprised considering the other influences of this Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if there's there's some influence there but um yeah yeah it's very cool um they showed his grave (laughs) yeah so i mean i think they could still technically write around it they could because we didn't literally see him in the casket put into the ground Mm -hmm. um Wonder Woman didn't show up, so <laughs> thank God. <laughs> yeah, didn't bring him back to life. It's um, only fun if you've seen Shazam too. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, who hasn't? I mean, am I right? Right. Yeah. Biggest movie of all time. Um, it's being it's being beat out by R-rated John Wick. So yeah. Um. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and then it was, it was sweet at the end. Winston, Winston calls him a son or whatever. Says like, says something like rest well son or something like that, mm-hmm. which 
makes sense for their arc because Winston has essentially been like kind of a father figure for John. I th- it, it's implied it's been that way for quite a while prior to even the first movie because John's, I think, kind of an orphan raised by this crime family, but he's been close with Winston for quite a while. And so, yeah, it's mm-hmm. very sweet. Uh, yeah. So I think he is dead, right? I, I think they I should think leave so. it there. I think there's no, there's literally, you cannot top this. I, I don't think so. Supposedly, he is in that ballerina spinoff. I and mean, we think we've talked about it on the podcast. Um, but that does take place in between three and four. So, and I don't know what the to extent he's in it. it. Could just be very small or whatever. But yeah, I think in continuity, he's probably dead at this point. And. It would make sense. I Keanu Reeves is getting older. Not that he can't keep doing that these. Was, that was my thought. I was like, you're not going to top this. Keanu Reeves isn't getting yo- any younger, and this yeah. is the natural conclusion to his arc. Yeah. So I don't know why you would come back to it. I mean, sure, make your spinoffs in the, in the universe. The, the universe is fun enough that if you want to keep making things, that's okay. But I think, I think John Wick himself is done. I think. Which, what a finale. What a way yeah. to go out yeah no kidding um post credits we get um what's uh, just talking about akira. Uh, akira yeah uh going after donnie yen it's revenge for her father mm-hmm. seems to be sp- setting up potentially a spinoff at some point but even if they don't it's it's kind of this this you know does he die or not could they could just end it at that and it could just be mysterious mm-hmm. um, but that was good. I liked that. Good post credit scene. Um, I'm trying to think of like other things about this movie that maybe we've pushed over while we were talking about the action scenes. Um, this is why you need to write stuff down, Holden. I really should. Shouldn't um, I? <laughs> I have exhausted my notes other than if this movie did have a subtitle, what do you think it should be? Ooh. Um, I'm trying to think of like a word. Like, parabellum's in there because they mention it in the movie it's like part like they say the word parabellum in it it fits with the theme i don't know and i can't even remember what parabellum means in latin off the top of my head but it's like to war yeah something like that um i don't excommunicado excommunicado (laughs) i don't think that would work as well i don't know what what maybe they didn't pick one because they're just like what word would we use (laughs) like they were like thinking about it and they just didn't have an idea because i don't know final like, duel i don't know the fine yeah it's it's hard to think of one without it seeming kind of cheesy or something like the final duel like that would be kind of cheesy i think but yeah i don't know i think it's fine with that one i think yeah. john no, i think it should have just not had one probably to keep it more consistent and then well, it, didn't just it, been... it didn't have one right and then they added parabellum you might be right. Maybe that was like a late addition. I don't know. I I have I've exhausted my notes, Holden. We've only talked about this for almost an hour and ten minutes, so Oh my gosh. Well, there's just so much to say about it. I and mean, we loved it. So yeah, I guess we can probably be done talking about it. It's yeah. Very incredible movie. I will see it again. Yes. All right, Holden. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, Jimmy. Uh, This week, 
I did watch a few movies as I usually do. Um, obviously, I talked about the John Wick movies, watched those, enjoyed all of them. Um, I watched them like three consecutive days too. It was like it was like four days in a row that I watched these John Wick movies. It was pretty funny. Led right up to it, but maybe um, I'll rewatch those once I finish White Lotus. Yeah, yeah. See how they compare. Mm-hmm. Um, I rewatched Fast Five which is when the Fast and Furious movies are getting good. Um, yeah, it was, it was entertaining. That's when Dwayne The Rock Johnson joins the cast. <laughs> it seems like that that is like the moment when these movies start to get good um, in a very silly way. Not like an actually good way, but just very enjoyable way. Nice. Um, liked it. Um, the more the interesting movie I watched this week, kind of just on a whim was like Friday night. I wasn't doing much. So I was searching through shutter. I ended up watching perfect blue. Have you heard of this? I have not heard of it. Um, it is an anime movie, but it's, um, it's like on unle- granted it's letterbox. So take it forth a hint of salt. I think it's like the 38th highest rated movie of the entire site or something. It's this anime movie from like the late nineties. Um, that's a psychological horror film about this like pop star who is trying to become an actor and she, she, she ends up like being stalked by the stalker and she's kind of like, there's this whole question of like what is real and what isn't because some of the stuff that's happening is very weird. And she's kind of like hallucinating some stuff. It's a very, weird and very creepy movie um i it did not go where i expected it to go uh it's pretty short it's like 88 minutes but it i there's there's some accusations that black swan is just a ripoff of this okay um because apparently darren aronofsky the director of that has talked about how much he loves this movie and i can i i don't want to say it is a ripoff but i can definitely see a lot of parallels to it um it's and there's even i think a shot in this or no it's a shot from another one of his movies i think it's requiem for a dream that is just like taken straight from this movie and like the director of the the director of this has said like he's he's not like accusing him of plagiarism or anything but he's like oh it's kind of kind of weird that they're like exactly the same and he's like talked about that he loves this movie a lot or whatever Um, yeah but yeah, it's it is really great. I think it's very very cool. It's very short if you have got the time. Um, but yeah, it's what's the it's title again? Pretty, it's called Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue. Yeah, um, it is just a bizarre movie. Not very long too, so that kind of that adds to the appeal, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. But then TV wise, I finished. I think I had mentioned that I'd finished Batman Beyond. So I'm on Justice League. I'm on season two of that. Um, Watch Mandalorian. I think that's that. Game-wise, I actually just yesterday finished Plague Tale Innocence again. Um, So I will be going to Requiem. Just installed that. So haven't started it yet. Probably start that tonight at some point. Um yeah i think that's it for me jimmy what about you what have you been up to nice um show wise been watching south park i would say i've seen the first three episodes of the new season i think they are all very solid three oh wow. or four okay i think it's a solid season so far uh emily and i went back 
and watched the uh since we had watched game of thrones together we watched the south park game of thrones black friday trilogy, oh yeah <laughs> which is hilarious highly that recommend really very funny um so that that's very good as well uh been watching white lotus uh, 30 minutes of the season one finale left so oh, okay nice because <laughs> i've been watching it while i'm working out so what do you think of it that's uh, good i it's not like must watch for me but it's good so I'll, yeah, I'll I think season two is better. So yeah, that's I'll what I've curious. heard. So I'll, I'll watch the second season and let you know what I think. Uh, Ted Lasso, seen the first two episodes of the oh, new yeah. season. Um, not not very good, in my opinion. Really? Uh, pretty bad. But, you know, it's Ted Lasso, so it's still endearing. And I'm still going to watch it because I like the characters. But this is the good final thing season two, Yeah, right? it's the last season. I think the well is... I think season two is also not as good, but just the characters are so endearing and mm-hmm. it's just a like a good fun fun show to watch so but i'm like a lot of it's just not funny <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah i don't know i it's yeah i think they're the the well is running dry and it's good that they're ending uh before it gets too long-winded but um especially the the season premiere i thought was just bad Okay. The second episode was better. Um, let's see. Video game wise, uh, Resident Evil Village making my way through Castle Dimitrescu in virtual reality. Uh, when Lady Dimitrescu chases you, that's very terrifying. Yeah. In VR, because <laughs> it's like I'm in this maze in VR. I don't know where I'm going, and now you're after me. So. I really, I would love a VR mod or something of the Resident Evil 2 remake because I think that's like, what I was thinking as Mr. Well. X chasing you in the police station would be even scarier. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And and the things that you have to move really slowly around. Oh yeah. Those are terrifying. <laughs> they they really do need a, a VR port of that. That would be insane. Mm-hmm probably not going to happen because they built it as a third well i guess that i was going to say third person game but i guess um four is getting it four is getting it and they have a third person mode i think for village that they, they do added. yeah they do. um so maybe maybe one day that would be great mm-hmm. um because i thought i thought the same thing i also john wick inspired me to pop in ghost of tsushima and just <laughs> dink around and you can replay the bases uh, whatever in the update so just that combat is so fun and mm-hmm. great. Uh, so I just played a couple, of, uh, like an hour of that, just dinking around. I was tempted to start a new game, like a new game <laughs> plus. I'm like, I cannot do this right now. My back catalog is too big. I'll wait till the sequel is announced officially and then do that. Yeah, it's that game is so big. Like I, I, I don't know how much of last year I spent playing that, but I can't imagine it's going back f- to it so soon for myself. 50-hour game, just the base game, plus 10-hour DLC, I want to say. Probably. I probably Around spent... There. I, usually, I usually spend way longer than that on a game, though. I probably spent, like... Why, did I platinum it? Yeah, you uh, you had to have. It's not so. a hard platinum. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, I have probably... I have, like, 70 hours on, this, on the save, so... But I also just like dinking around in it and having fun. Um, I also like to play with like the traveler's attire just because I think it looks cool. And it, mm. like there's no power up other than like you can like artifacts. There's like a little bu- firefly or something that leads you to artifacts. So like 
the good news is I'm pretty good at that game. So just like <laughs> getting the parry timing down and all the stances again, I'm like, oh yeah, this is so good. I love it. Um, otherwise, the last thing I was doing is yesterday I got in a little bit of a Hot Ones interview oh, rabbit hole. I love those. Where yeah. I watched uh, the Bob Odenkirk one. I watched the... Um, Oh gosh, it was the second one I watched. Oh, the I watched Bob Odenkirk, Kate Blanchett, and Pedro Pascal. Oh yeah, the Pedro Pascal one's good. Yeah, I think I watched the Kate Blanchett one. That was a while Kate ago. Kate Blanchett but. is funny, is what I found. <laughs> I watched a couple interviews with her because I was thinking about Tar again. And oh yeah, and that one movie. was for Tar too, so she probably yeah. talked about it. Yeah, yeah. So very good. <laughs> Uh, highly recommend those that's it holden that's what i got for you sweet well next week uh, i believe it's dungeons and dragons on apparently is good yeah also i <laughs> i'll probably mention it next week um during the uh, podcast as well but apparently uh auntie donna does the voices for the corpses in the movie oh fun so I don't I don't know if the director is like an Australian or, or something or like somehow they, they just know who they are. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. Broden. Um, <laughs> Broden. But yeah. Um, so yeah, apparently it's good. Cool. Excited for that. Um, we'll do a new episode of Mandalorian as well. Um, but if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. I believe that's it, Jimmy. Awesome. Yes. Mandalorian and uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Can't wait until then. Adios, pantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast. <laughs> 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 <laughs>